Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are Alive, Season 7, Episode 6 of the Hard Water Fishing Show. It is the first week of January 2024. Happy New Year! Yeah, it is a whole new... I mean, 2024 seems like it's not possible. Shouldn't we be in flying cars? Yeah. I do have a robot vacuum. Wow, that's fancy. I know they exist. I keep threatening my daughter, you know, because she's leaving the house this year, that I'm going to replace her with a robot lawnmower. Oh, they have those. I know. I'm seriously considering it. I haven't tried that, but we have a robot vacuum. Its name is Drake. Drake Drake the butler. Uh, Drake. I mean, he's named after the singer, but oh. the kids named him. But yes, Drake. <laughs> Drake. I'm sure Drake the singer is ecstatic, would be ecstatic to know you named as their vacuum. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it works good, though. That's hilarious. Well, kind of good. So no flying cars. What we have yeah. for about vacuums. Yeah. I, you know, these new cars, I've been test driving cars because I'm looking for cars, you know. Yeah. And uh it this I always like to see how long with the lane stuff, <laughs> like how long you can take your hands off the wheel. The salesmen do not appreciate that test. <laughs> and the one I drove the other day, I it went around a whole curve using the Oh, autopilot thing the or auto, whatever? Well, not, not autopilot. This is just the, like, the, you know. Adaptive it reads cruise the, control. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, yeah. It reads, like, the dotted line. And and so, you know, you, if you fall asleep or whatever, it yells at you. And you can just take your hands off the wheel, and it just navigated itself right around the corner. Oh. But then the line ended, and then things got, you know, you have to <laughs> grab. But the sales proof, they do not. They do not have. Some of them do not have a sense of humor. Oh my gosh. That's all I'm going to say. God bless them all for the time they spend with me. Yeah, I feel bad for them. And, and this is not an endorsement or a instruction on how to try this. Don't try this at home. I mean, I wouldn't call you a professional. I would just say uh, it's- I'm a professional car shopper. You're a professional car shopper. <laughs> I love to shop for cars. I know. I know. One of my favorite it, podcasts is- Basically, car shopping. And that, what's the name of that podcast, Jeff? Because you got me hooked on it as well. Everyday driver. Everyday driver. So if you're looking for a great auto, everyday car, it's a great podcast. I it would is. agree with Jeff. Absolutely. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about cars. Although no. We've considered that as a, as a summer podcast. Oh. That I'm pretty sure could. I could talk about cars. Oh. Longer Absolutely. than I could talk about ice, maybe a lot longer, uh, but equally as long. It, yeah, I mean, we could ramble equally, there were equal amount of time with inaccurate information as equally as we do this. I, I did get to drive, so the, the Cybertruck came out, right? Are you and they had it near my house, they had one show up. Was it an actual dealer Cybertruck, or were you just in some? buddy's truck and they told you it was a cyber truck yeah no that's the story though <laughs> so we went to the cyber truck event i gotta tell the story now and we will talk about ice fishing after this yeah we'll get there just skip forward if you don't want to hear but jeff almost got kidnapped and murdered i'm convinced they just didn't like him but go on so we have a tesla dealership or they don't have dealerships awesome. showrooms this, this should be our legend but go yeah. on it's a pre-legend we, we have a tesla showroom near my house like within a couple miles and even the story within the story here is originally right before Hummer went bankrupt, 
it was a Hummer dealership for two years. And then it was a Halloween store every year for like a decade. And then Tesla now leases it. So now it used to be a Hummer dealership and now it's a Tesla dealership, which I think is hilarious, right? It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the whole thing about Hummer went out of business and now we have Tesla. But so they had an event when the Cybertruck was launched and they had a Cybertruck show up at the movie theater by our house because there was it just was a cool place to have a car event. And they had the Cybertruck was like the draw, but they had the Model Y and X and all the cars and you could go drive them and it was really cool and they would self-drive. So I drove the Y performance and it's super fast, faster than any car I've ever driven. And this guy's like, hey, do you want to try the Model S Plaid, which is like the fastest car that exists out there? I don't know. I don't think there's anything faster than this thing. It is insanely fast. You will get, we went on ramp. You can't even step on the gas or whatever you call it, accelerator. (laughs) The accelerator pedal? The accelerator pedal. The skinny pedal? The skinny pedal. If you push it to the ground, you have to let go immediately because otherwise you're exceeding any kind of speed limit that even exists. So he he let me drive this car and it had the self-driving. So first you experience the performance and then it drives itself, which is very nerve wracking because is it going to get off the exit? Is it going to stop for this light? Is it going to stop for this car? It's very, I'm sure you get used to self-driving cars, but for me, it was very stressful because you're waiting for it just to go not do what you expect it to do. So we drive this car and it's the craziest car. I mean, they're like $150,000 car, craziest car I've ever driven. And we get back and I go, I knew somebody that worked at Tesla at the dealership or showroom. And I said, Hey, thanks for letting me drive that model S plaid. That was really cool. I can't believe you had one of those. And he goes, we don't have a model S plaid here. Listen, like, no, you guys can't see me. I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> it, I'm like, no, I just drove this car. One of the salespeople let, let me drive it. He was going to, and we drove it for a short loop and I brought it back. He's like, he's like, Jeff, we don't have one of those at our place. They don't just have them laying around. And I'm like, well, somebody let me drive their car. And it turns out it was just a random person that happened to have their Model S Plaid there that said, hey, Jeff, take you and your kid and go drive this car. And luckily we came back and weren't you, like. This guy was, I mean, I'm sure it's a, he's a perfectly nice fellow, so I don't want to disparage him. But what I would say is this is how, it's like a modern day ice cream truck situation. Yeah, like, is. hey, get into my van. I have ice cream. Get into my model S Plaid. It will go for a test drive. And Jeff hops in and goes. But you're and at a Tesla event and you're, this car is there. So you just assume it's part of the thing, right? I, I What a perfect plan if you're looking to grab somebody. Oh my gosh. Good Lord. I can't believe you did that. Does your wife know about this? She's going to she know. Does. It's on the she show. Does. She knows. What did she say? Um, I think she was glad I came back. I'm not sure. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> Your son was with you, so she yes, he would definitely want want him back. You to yeah, she wanted him back for sure, even if she didn't want you back that day. But all right, holy so, crap! So, okay. anyways, back to ice. I need, you know what I need after that. First of oh. all, we need to preview our topic, yeah. which is not attempted almost kidnap. What is he even a kidnapping if you get in the car with him? I don't know at what point it becomes a test drive and turns into kidnapping. I That's think when they question. don't bring you back, when you're like, I want to go home, and they say no, and they <laughs> lock the door. That's probably when it becomes a kidnapping. 
Is it the AI locking the door or the person? It's hard to yeah, tell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, officer. It was just a self-driving car. It drove home and put him in my dungeon. I mean, my garage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did Ice he have eyebrows? Show. My only question is, did he, did he have eyebrows? He had eyebrows. Okay, Definitely okay, had eyebrows. Good. Okay. Good. And if, if you listen to the show, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, and if you're the guy that had the, the car and listening to the show, we do not mean to disparage you in any way. Thank you for letting Jeff drive the car and bringing him back. The most expensive car I've ever driven, probably. Yeah, and will probably ever drive, quite probably frankly. Probably true. Yeah. All right. Our topic tonight is we're talking with Sean and Linda from Dakota Sunset Resort. We're heading to their resort later this winter, and so we're super excited about that. Um, and that'll be a great interview. So that's coming up here after a bit. But Jeff, your intro was extraordinarily long. It was, am, it was very long thirsty i don't know if you're thirsty i am very thirsty so i did not follow your directions shocker (laughs) that comes as a surprise to nobody but i do have i'm going first by the way that's fine i'm thirsty too so hurry up (laughs) i have a nondescript bottle with a red top and no label so this is i believe a turkey ale brewed by my father who brews beer in his basement and so i got some beer from him so i'm having one of those so this is new right not that leftover from three years ago he just gives me stuff i have no idea how old it is (laughs) okay sometimes it's really awesome most of the time and then sometimes i'm like "Ooh, this one maybe went off a little bit but we'll see what it is sweet it's got fizz, so that's a good good mm. sign. We've learned. Um, I'm gonna drink and then I'll talk. Oh yeah, that's really good. Um, we've learned that like he had some bottles that have like a, a ceramic topper and they go into a rubber stop. Yes, and those are not good. They oh. uh, d- they don't hold the carbonation very well, and uh, so then they go flat. So then. Like he's got a lot of beer that went just flat and it's done. You can't, nothing, nobody can drink that. So, so, so far in the hardware fishing show, we know about how not to get kidnapped, how to drive a Tesla and how to cap your beer. What beer bottles to not buy if you're home brewing. <laughs> do not get the rubber stopper glass ones. Just get a capper and do the caps. Someday we'll talk about ice fishing. <laughs> well, as anybody in the Midwest knows, that that's a scarce topic so we're filling time guys yeah but you know it is what it is all right jay i have a samuel adams winter lager it's festive and smooth that's pretty pedestrian for you just to sam adams it's really good though i've actually tasted this already and it is i've actually had those for christmas i got a stanley because why wouldn't you get a stanley mug and it has a built-in bottle opener in the cap and I have a bottle and I thought it was the perfect opportunity to put my beer in a cup and drink it from there. Cause that takes more steps. So the Stanley mug has a bottle opener. Yes. So, okay. so I took the bottle opener out of the Stanley mug and I'm going to open my bottle right now. And then I'm going to dump it into my cup. There's a huge error being made here, but we'll talk in a minute. And 
then you put the lid on the mug and then your beer stays cold for the whole show. And it's good. So I'm with you through most of that, but I think where you've messed up or maybe just haven't thought is you need to have that mug in the freezer. Ooh, you are right. My friend. I know I'm I'm always right. Well, sometimes (laughs) (laughs) most of the time about this one particular item. I am, there's nothing better, honestly, than a a cold glass and a cold beer or cold beer and a cold glass, a frosty mug. Yeah. And I should have done that because I took this before we started talking and we've been talking for a few minutes. So my beer got a little, little warm. Now your beer's gone off. No, it's still good. It doesn't have a rubber stopper. It had a cap. <laughs> Do we have a patron of the show, Jeff? Oh boy. Um, so mm, I think maybe the show notes editor missed the section. And so we are going to thank all of our patrons of for our the patrons whole year of 2023. Phenomenal. Thank you for, for sticking with us through 2023. Yes. We hope you stick with us for 2024 and find some friends as well. So cheers to cheers all the to patrons. You. Thank you for your support. We do appreciate it. As long as we can keep that account balance in the green, just enough to keep paying our expenses. Zoom the, and Podbean the, and all those <laughs> The lady, the lady folks are happy. So that's what we, that's what we subscribe to. So. All right, Jeff, do you want to take this, this listener news section first? Yeah. So listener news, because we put our listeners first, right? Well, closer to the top. I mean, it used to be further down and we moved them up. I know we did. We moved them up. So uh, worthy S he sent in this build with an Eskimo 2600, which is a Eskimo shack with a flip over style with the side doors. And then he also had a snow dog and then this awesome trailer set up. I mean, it's, like, yeah, this is really slick. It, it's really um, neat and clean. I like it a lot. So the nice thing about this, it's a trailer. Like, a, what do you think that is like a six by 12? Yeah, I bet it's a six by 12 enclosed trailer but he has or a six sh- by ten it could be a six by ten okay. actually looking at it there's a shelf in the middle and there's ice shacks on top and then the snow dogs underneath and your rest of your fishing stuff can go in there maybe a four-wheeler mm-hmm. and i like this because i've always thought it'd be awesome to have a trailer that you can just hook and go one of the things about going ice fishing is finding all your stuff right like oh yeah i, I keep my poles downstairs and my warm stuff in the basement but the ice shack's outside because it's too big and you have to gather everything up and then when you come home you have to disperse it back to where it goes and having a trailer that's just ready to go would be really cool yeah the 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 trouble is with ice fishing is you have to take stuff out and thaw it yeah so i used my yukon last winter and really pushed the envelope on that i just kept shoving the ice shack back in the back of the yukon and i tell you what about week four five yeah it started getting a little skunky in there Mm. the heat would hit it i'm like ooh, time to look time to clean out the bottom of the shack it just got a ferment in there in case you're looking for a a yukon that has had a nice shack in it for four (laughs) weeks (laughs) hey it works but you know i mean it that is that is nice to be able to just throw stuff in a trailer um and it's a good setup thanks for sharing Yeah, I talked to, it reminds me, earlier this year, I was talking to Dave Gens at one of the first ice fishing shows, 
I ran into him. He was just hanging out in a shack and talked to him for a few minutes. And he has a van, like mm. a sprinter van. Sure. And of course, his level of gear is far beyond yours or eyes or any Absolutely. normal person, right? But that would be awesome. So he had a sprinter van, then he tows a snowmobile trailer behind it. So all of his gear and everything's in there and you just get to your spot and go. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, even that... with a trailer, unless you can heat the trailer, you got to gear so sort and stuff. There's still some things to do. You always got to pull them things out and clean them up. And I, I don't know. I've never used one of these Eskimo 2600s, but it looks nice. It's got some. I, I find the seats. Eskimo seats pretty comfortable when we've sat in them at a show. They have that web style seating on them. Yep. And I, you know, I have that in all my deer stands. And then my boat, I bought those uh, Millennium boat seats. Yeah. And I can't recommend them enough. They are that same similar style of seating, and they're just super comfortable. Um, I find them a lot better than a pad, especially if you're, I don't know, how should I, more of a rotund fellow like myself. Um, I fit in that category, Jason. (laughs) Rotund. (laughs) Rotund. (laughs) Word of the day. (laughs) Rotund. Because, you know, I mean, them little foam pads, I don't know, if you're maybe 120 pounds or something, <laughs> they provide a little padding. But generally, after the first five minutes, you're sitting on the plywood anyway. So I, I don't like my, my, I have a Lund and my Lund seats wore out. They just, you know, it's a 2000 Lund. They Get those millenniums, out. Jeff. And so I bought Cabela seats and I hate them. They're yeah. like, the backs are too loungy. You know, mm-hmm. you want some support when you sit in there. I have to stick one of those life throw buoys, you know, the sure. rear seat. I stick it behind me so that I can sit up because they just, you lean back and you're like, I don't know. It's not comfortable at all. So maybe I'll have to try those Millennium seats. I, I've thought hard and I might do it yet about um, modifying my current shack so that I can put the Millennium seat in there. Because I'm yeah. cheap, I don't want to buy another one, but I could just move it because sure. I'm not using both items at the same time. No, except at for least, this year. I mean, you could this year, but typically, <laughs> typically, no. My boat's in storage for the winter, and so it gets put away. There are people fishing in the south bays of Mille Lacs on the ice, and there was somebody in a boat this week catching walleyes at Red Door. You could absolutely go. I mean, we so a buddy of mine has been out on the river fishing yeah. out of his boat. On, on not on the Mississippi on the Wapsie, catching walleyes. Wow. And of course, I look at my phone and I go, "You didn't call." But <laughs> he just laughs. So you need to what find somebody. Next? You need to find somebody that will take you in their boat. Like, oh, we're at the Lund boat show. Just come in my boat and fish with me, right? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> not going to do that because I like life. All right. So I thought this was interesting. So Timmy T sent this in. And it's a Bob house, so you know it's from the East, right? Yep, absolutely. At first, I'm like, oh, Bob house. This is a sweet setup. Yeah, so it's just a, I don't know, probably, what would you guess? It's on skis. It's a 6 by 10, 12? No, I don't think it's that big. I think, well, so it's about a 6-foot cow. I bet it's 6 by 8. 6 by 8, Okay. And it's a permanent like skid house kind of with runners on the bottom. It's got clear windows and it's just real basic, but looks really functional. 
It, it's yeah, and it, it's really well organized. It's got a little bench there to sit on, maybe take a nice nap. And I don't see any holes though. Where are the I holes? Think, I, I think. I mean, there's got to maybe it's <laughs> there's tip the problem. Ups. Maybe they just watch the tip ups and they just sit in there into like a warming house. You think so? I don't know. There's no holes in the floor. Maybe so, Timmy. If you're listening, because I was chatting with him on today. Where are the holes? Are we just not seeing them? But I don't I don't see the holes in yeah, this ice shack. I don't, I don't either. But there's tip-ups there. I wonder if they like just maybe watch they just the run tip-ups. Tip yeah, maybe they just run tip-ups. Everybody fishes differently. So no judgment here. It's a it's a nice looking, nice looking house to to stay warm and and uh looks good. But yeah, are, are there holes? I don't yeah. Timmy's gonna have to tell us, but it would yeah. be interesting just to put tip-ups and you just sit inside and stay warm and Watch Maybe Timmy ups. hasn't considered putting a hole in the floor. Yeah. Wow. That would be like. Everybody like, fishes different. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Well, all right. So that is listener news. Not a lot of stories about ice fishing since there's about three lakes in this anywhere that you can go ice fishing at. So. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our Northwoods, our, our friends have been catching fish. Northwoods, True. Woods, Dave has been hitting some crappies up on his humble lake that he fishes on and uh Oli has been up on red and they were hitting him up on red so um and then uh lake uh, of the woods kurt's lake up of there. the woods kurt's hitting him on lake of the woods so my cousin uh has been up on lake of the woods as well okay and sent me some really nice pictures that i need to get on instagram so he is up there with his kiddo and my uncle and he caught a really really nice northern um, let me see if I can find it here. Like in that like 39, 38, upper 30s class? Like maybe bigger than 40s? that. 40s? I mean, get about 40. That's about... 44. Whoa! 44? Anyway, oh, you're not, not going to see it. So you can but, send me the picture. We can yeah, put it Yeah, well, I'll put it up on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it up on our Instagram. And I've got a picture of his kiddo's first Canadian keeper. And I'll put that up because oh. uh, her auntie is sporting a hard water fishing show hat. Oh, so, nice, nice, very nice. So, well, well I got. I've been remiss. I've got to get those photos up. So, the fishing was really good. Um, Lake of the Woods, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, and fishing buckshots, that kind of thing. Bread buckshot. Kurt, Kurt was up. He does lives on Facebook, so you can live vicariously when you can't go fishing. You can just watch him Which catch is most fish. of the time. Sometimes, you know, when you're sitting yeah. here and you can't go out and there's no ice, you can just watch somebody else catch fish. So. Yeah. Some days that's good enough, I suppose. I mean, you do that most of the time, even when you are out. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I am hoping to get out this weekend. I think they're walking out. They're, we're all on ATVs, I've heard, on the south end of Mille Lacs, but it, it varies by day. So, so what do you make think? sure you check, but. What do you think by the time I'm um, coming up, we were going to be fishing Mille Lacs or what? We got to uh, find another home to go. I mean, we'll be fishing Mille Lacs somehow, probably. I saw like a one degree in about 10 days. So, so yeah. that'll fr freeze it up. I don't know that we'll be bringing, uh, you know, wheelhouses and driving out there, but uh, you can, know, but we don't need to do that. I mean, no. we're portable anyway. So we can stay in my shack on land and go that'll out work. and we can use the snow we, we dubbed it the snow you haven't even seen it it's really kind of cool to be a snow mutt but but if a snow dog is like the purebred i mean you're kind of below like it might work better it's but a designer saying, mutt 
it's it's a designer but yeah i mean it's if i built it it would have been like a snow mine but this this was not built by me so it <laughs> you'll you'll like it it'll be good we'll we'll you know that's if we can get it up there then that'll be a good time to yeah we can shoot some video and and try it out i don't even know if it's going to work the guy promised me of course that it it's just fine and i'm sure it is but you know Came with like a like a ten foot warranty. As soon as you get ten feet away, it's out of warranty. <laughs> I drove it around. I drove it around his yard and another guy's yard. Yeah. So I just don't know how fast it'll be. That that's the big thing that remains to be seen. Is it faster than walking for a rotund man? We decided. <laughs> so me and my buddy, we decided if it'll do at least six miles an hour, which is not fast, no. but if it'll do at least six, hauling both of our carcasses and our sleds, yeah, that is double my walking speed. Okay. All right. So that is good enough. And you're not worn out from walking when you get there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. So what if it takes me 20 minutes? Yeah. If if I'm not out of breath and sore by the time I get there, then yeah. that's a win. Doesn't need to fly across the ice. I mean, it's fun if it does, but it won't. Yeah. So I don't have a fishing report specifically because yeah. there's not enough ice here. And you know, we had Christmas and New Year's. There's not a lot of time in between there to go out far away. Not for me. So. So New Year's. New Year's. A lot of times on New Year's, I go ice fishing New Year's Day because I have that day off of work and I couldn't. So you know what I had to do? Work at home? No, I went pheasant hunting. Oh, well, that sounds nice. <laughs> Didn't find any, but took the old dog out. Yeah. Poor, old moose dog. He's 14. So mm. we got out, went for a nice walk and and uh, let him smell around. And we found where some had been, but we didn't find any new oh. ones. So. All right. So hopefully next time we have a fishing report. So show business, Jason, you want to walk us through show business? Show business, best place to interact with us is on social media, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us on our website, hardwatershow.com, on YouTube at Hardwater Show. Remember to like and subscribe, please. Jeff, you have something in parentheses. I have no idea what it means. Hat giveaway. I'm assuming it means we're giving away a hat because so, how? So we currently on YouTube, and I don't know if you watch it, Jason, but I've been starting to edit some of our videos that we do on here. You sent me one. Have you been done more? Um, well, the last episode we did, the full episode was out there. So, and it has like 200 oh, on video yeah, on video. It has like really? 200. I edited it with pictures of things we talk about. It's pretty good. Well, wow. at least, at least it's okay. I mean, good for us. Good, good for, for us. you. So yeah, it has like, we are, we have 400, 398 subscribers. Last time I checked, if we get to 500 subscribers, we're monetized. And and so I don't know what that means, but it seemed like a good thing. So I I don't know. I want to find out. So I thought, well, maybe if I give away a hat, maybe we can get a hundred more subscribers. So okay. So if you're the five hundredth subscriber, you get a hat, or how's that work? I was just gonna pick a random person and send them. If a hat. you're someone I, that that subscribes, can you tell I, when people subscribe? I can. Yes. So I have, out of, out of our subscribers, we're gonna give a hat away. Sure. So like and subscribe. Check it out. There's a couple of cool videos out there. Uh, one of our most popular ones is that one from like season one of that really cool ice shack that goes in the back of the guy's pickup truck. Yeah. Everybody that one's got a lot of one. hits. Yeah. But it's a really cool video. But our, our last episode got like 200 views. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty decent. That's not terrible for us. It's, it's not as many as we get from our, our podcast, but you know, it's still interesting. Well, our, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the shorter the video, the more views it'll get. Yeah, but you can listen to it. It's the same audio now. I'm kind of editing together. This last time I did the one cut of it. So whether you listen to it on YouTube or whether you listen to it on Podbean, it's all the same audio. So okay. you can 
Cool. And there's little pictures and stuff I put in there to help along the way in case you happen to be out, online. Because sometimes we talk about things but don't show the picture. It's true. So now I add the picture and you can see the picture and we talk about it. <clears throat> Wonderful. Oh, and then uh, you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. Uh, we check that pretty regularly. So that, that's a good one to use. And then on X at Hardwater X. Show. Yep. We're I haven't next. checked to see if I'm no longer banned or if I'm still banned from X. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Fact checks. I feel like we had one, but I couldn't find Dave, it. So. Didn't Dave text us a fact check? Yeah. Northwest North Dave, Dave said we had one, but I don't know what it is. It was cryptic. It was cryptic. Let's I'm sure see. we just said something stupid and we'll admit to it. Yeah. Dave's usually right um, <laughs> on his fact checks. Well, there was one question of the fact check, and we went back and checked the fact check and you were right i said i owned an ion and yeah i don't you, know why i said I that know. why did i say i owned an ion i've never owned an ion you said fact checking jackie's gas station had everything you would want bait lure slab did we mention something about the gas station that jackie worked at i don't know i really don't know i would i would agree that it had all those things so i don't know what we said so yes all right <laughs> moving forward sorry dave that was about as bad fact checking as you can possibly do. I mean, could I, we do worse? I don't think so. I have no idea. I mean, there's always a lore. We're still doing good. All right, current events, Jay. Uh, Spo- spoon this is feeding- all you, man. <laughs> spoon feeding fish through the ice. This was Kyle Lynn in Midwest Outdoors, Jan- January 2024. So it's pretty current. So he had a couple things. It was a lot about spoons. Two things I picked up on. Using a spoon on your tip up. That's not something I would think about, but it makes total sense to me. Right? I thought I thought about this the other day, actually, which is weird because I didn't even read that article. But I saw a video of a northern picking up a like a dead bait with a hook in it off the sure. ground. And I thought, man, remember that wind jigger tip up I used to have? Yep. Think about that with a spoon on it. Yeah. You know, because it would jig in and flutter and jig in and flutter. Maybe there's a comeback of the jig up. There could be. Like the jig up freezes up. So good. <laughs> but we there are it some up, it just doesn't jig down. Just, just, it's a one shot deal. <laughs> but I really like that concept of a of a wind jigging tip up. Mm-hmm. I just we just never really our automatic jigging tip up. Remember we tried some homemade versions of this. Get that one that went on the side of your bucket. Get that one that jigged. Automatically on the side of your bucket and I different did. cams to give you different actions yep. on the jigging. Yep. Yeah, that was fifty dollars not well spent. <laughs> oh my yep. gosh. Yep. All sorts of things. Yeah. So and I've tried to build stuff. I'm just not smart enough to do it. Um, but maybe, maybe someday I'll figure it out. And he said on your rattle reel, which is kind of the same thing as a tip up, but yeah, it's the same thing. But it made sense to me, like, why not try this? So I might try this. You know, and if you were in there's some lakes, so something to think about. Some of your bigger lakes and even your backwaters, there's a little current under the ice. Huh? So if you had a light enough spoon, it would it would flutter down there. A little like bit. a flutter spoon instead of a tungsten spoon. Yeah. Okay. So like for tip-up, I almost wonder even, uh, you know, for walleyes, even it's really got me thinking now. You can tell. You can see my brain churning. <laughs> One of them that's the looking that's the look of churn. It is. It's churn. If you watch the video, you can see the, the little <laughs> thought bubbles. Um 
Hey, I'm good. I'm glad you're not good at editing because you'd be editing little thought bubbles about. Oh, I'm. I've got. You haven't watched the last video on <laughs> no, YouTube. It's pretty no, good. But you know that light little spoon might have with your some underwater current would have a little action to it. So that's that's really curious. So that's a good idea. Someone needs to try that and report back. And this is why I love reading all these articles and stuff. You know, you might read a whole article and maybe you pick up one or two things, but that's okay. There's a lot of repeats and not inter interesting stuff. But the tidbits you pick up are totally worth any kind of effort you put into it. So, Well, you know, those are all those things that, like, you always start off with, in any fishing situation, personally, you start off with, like, your favorite lure, your favorite combo. Yes. You always start with that. And then after that, you kind of go to the next thing. And then eventually you hit, like, gosh, nothing's working. So then you go into that file that you've kept in your head. Mm -hmm. And you go, what crazy crap can I pull out? Not even crazy, but what <laughs> things I don't normally do can I pull out and try in this situation because nothing else is working, you know? So this is one on a tip up. Hey, if you're sitting there with five, six tip ups that aren't going, why wouldn't you do that? Why yeah. wouldn't you try that? Um, you know, we do the drop chain thing. I don't start yeah. with a drop train chain, but if fish are finicky, you know, you move to something like that down the road. Yeah. It's about having ideas which keeps you on the ice logger instead of declaring this is a fish-free zone and going home. <laughs> fish-free zone. <laughs> All right, so the next, next current events was another article. Um, this was in Midwest Outdoors again, which, mind you, is not – I got Midwest Outdoors. That's a separate publication from the Outdoor News, two different publications. Just keep that in mind. It's a little thicker, and it comes out less often, like once a month or something. But this is maximizing your catch rate for stained winter walleyes or stained water walleyes by Joe Henry. And this was in Midwest Outdoors. And this was talking about how you'd fish like Lax Lake, which is a super clear, like at this point, gin clear lake. I mean, it doesn't get much clearer than Lax and Lake of the Woods, which is a very stained lake and how you take advantage of that because walleyes one of their things they can do is see really well in low light. So they like to take advantage of that with their predators, but low light in a stained water is very different than low light in a very clear water. Sure. So one of the things that he talked about was in stained lakes, walleyes prefer to eat during the daylight hours. And this is a generalizations. And as we learned last year, there's never, never, and there's never always. Right. I mean, <laughs> But in general, yep. in stained lakes, walleyes prefer to eat fish during the daylight hours. So when we go to Lake of the Woods, they shut off at night. Not that you can't catch a fish at night, but they are more active during the day because that's when they can still see. But the stained water gives them that advantage. And also stained water is more forgiving. And that, that's why like Kurt will say the walleyes on Lake of the Woods are stupid. Well, they're not stupid. It's just... We can hide in that a little bit more. Our lines aren't as obvious. All those things, the fish just aren't as picky. Why Lake of the Woods and, and Mille Lacs Lake are just very different. What's this comment you have here? Board sensing versus seeing. So they're talking about fish have lateral lines that are very sensitive to vibrations and things in the water. So if you think about in a stained lake, like Lake of the Woods, that's why we use buckshots because they're noisier and they fish can feel and sense them better. And we don't use those as much. Although I use buckshots. And what do you mean lateral lines? That's on the fish. It's like a line on them that they can sense things like vibrations really? in the water, like a whisker almost. 
it's more like an ear, but it but it runs it like down, an ear. Okay, but it doesn't look like an ear. It's just a, a line on the fish that it can sense vibrations with. Hmm. I, I feel the fact checks coming because that's probably not exactly accurate. But hey, I it's news. I'm learning. I'm I'm just a just a student of your knowledge. But you know they have they use their <laughs> eyesight, but they also use vibrations and stuff to sense. I know I've I've read before and been told at talking to different people and have used actually like you know the more stained um the glow using glows in the middle of the during the day on stained lakes or cloudy lakes um especially in the late winter here you get start getting a lot of runoff and so the lakes will cloud up real good to where your visibility is really poor so you use like a a glow jig of some sort line probably makes a bigger difference too right using floral super clear line on super clear water probably is a bigger deal you know what a couple years ago we really got into line like we went all the way down the rabbit hole for line yep. i don't know season three yeah or who knows yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm just back to like i just use regular mono mono four pound three pound four pound six pound test depending on what i'm doing and that's just where I'm at. I tried all the things and I've decided I just like the simplicity of mono. So I am running braid because I think you can get multi-seasons out of braid because <laughs> it's strong. Braid is super strong. It's mm -hmm. just stronger and thinner, oh, yeah. but it's more visible. So I run braid with a small swivel and then floral carbon on the end. And I just change out the floral carbon. Yep. And that that's honestly not a bad way to do it, um, but I'm not because I can't deal with the fluorocarbon, the line twist. No, I no mean way. I go crazy. It's terrible stuff. It's such a pain in the butt. It's so so I I would if I wasn't doing that I would probably go mono. I don't know floral carbon is so hard to fish with all the time. I, I struggle it with it. I mean I just use basic mono ice line. Yeah, that's so, it. That's all some people will tell you that you're going to not catch too many fish that way, but and maybe I don't. I yeah. don't know. I don't. But what I know is if I'm sitting up at the top picking my lure out of a mess, <laughs> yeah. I don't catch any fish either. Another article. It was by uh, Brian Bro Rosedahl, which we've had in the show before. Mm -hmm. He talked about hour of power walleyes through the ice. This gets back to that stain thing again. But he said most lakes have a slow day for walleyes, except for stained lakes. Lake of the Woods. He said red stained, I suppose. Must be. I don't know. I, I, I haven't fished that one enough, but Lake of the Woods is surely stained water. And he suggested you get out there early so you can hit that sunrise and sunset bite. To me, it felt like deer hunting when you get out there before the sun comes up, which was you kind know, of fun. Yeah, we've done a, done some of that. Oli and I have done that up on Lake of the Woods, and it is fun to watch the sun to sit there, kind of get the holes drilled, and, and then you're watching the sun come up, come up as you're starting to jig. It, it's it's pretty cool, especially on a really nice day, watching those sunrises and in, in the far north over the ice. It's pretty sweet. I'm telling you, it it sucks getting up and it sucks getting going in the cold in the morning, but man, it's sure worth it once you're out there. And if, if you can go back for breakfast afterwards, that's the way to do it, right? That's even better. Yeah, I mean, because really, so one thing I like about that, to digress a moment, which is not like we ever do that, <laughs> is here's what happens. You get up early before sun, sun sunrise, and you get out fishing. So here's your options for the day at this point. 
you're either a going to be catching so many fish you don't go in for breakfast or you're not really catching fish so you go get breakfast which breakfast is awesome so either way your two options of the morning are catch fish or get to eat good breakfast and both of those are like winners i know so it's a win-win win-win situation yet sometimes i just don't get up which and is that's sad. that's what's easier to me about the morning bite than the evening bite because in the evening your choices usually are you quit fishing or and then you got to pack it all up and go home and probably work the next day so uh, the morning bite is a better bite yeah how's you're, that you're right i think you're breaking it down dang it i know i'm right Ugh. twice in one podcast shoot Somebody keeping track. I hope not. <laughs> I am. I got a little tally next to my computer. <laughs> <laughs> tally board. But yeah, so, you know, I think um, bro's got it right, which would, they're no surprise there. He's always got it right. But if uh, we get it right once, he's getting it right 10 times. Absolutely. It, right. Yeah, absolutely. You have a comment on here. I'm, is this his comment or yours? Don't drill more holes than you need. I need all the holes. So his, Point. I'm drilling them. Bro brought this up. He said, <laughs> he you're, on lake, podcast. you're on a public lake. You're on a public lake. And if you drill a lot of holes, there's nothing stopping somebody else from fishing your holes. Then they fish the hole. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. In fact, I think I, you know, we talked about, this is episodes ago again as well. You know, like fishing on a budget. If you're just starting out, do you need an auger? No, you don't need an auger. If you go to a community hole, where there's a lot of people fishing, you can absolutely find a hole that's vacated and fish it. Depends on the temperature. Bring an axe. Yeah. Abs- you're right. Depends on the temperature, Jeff. But and, and ice thickness. I think Yeah. if it's three feet thick and you have to go through six inches of frozen hole, I mean, it's going to well, be a I rough mean, day. your mileage may vary, but it's, yeah. a, it's a valid thing. You can use your common sense. Daytime fishing is uneventful. Just go home. What do you Who think, said Jay? that? Bro did. He said because you have power hours and that's it. He he lit. He's. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with him on this. I'm going to disagree. Oh, he didn't say go home. He just said it's uneventful. I said go home. You, okay, well that's a good clarification because I don't see him saying go home. I guess the question would be, bro, is do you guide all day or you just guide for an hour? He would tell you he fishes all day. I think it has a, there's a correlation between if you live on the lake, you fish for power hour and you're done because you can just go home. If you are there for the weekend and this is the only weekend you get to fish the entire year, you're fishing, you're fishing from as many hours as you can. And I feel like we've gotten spoiled a little bit on that because we used to fish every hour. And now I think we've dialed it back a little bit, maybe you less than me, but you know, we, we like to, well, have time to hang out too. So. You can adjust you can adjust what you're fishing for. I mean, yeah. maybe you don't fish walleyes all day, but you hit you hit some weed beds and you throw some tip-ups for northerns or you you hit panfish in the middle of the day, you know, or crappies, or you you, you switch your species, I think. Hit go look for some bass. I mean, those things are out on uh, a light tackle. So there's certainly some things you can do other than go home and be a slug. Yeah. And I think some of all these things have variables like what's the temperature outside? What's the weather like? How much, you know, know, if it's 20, 30 below. Go fishing. 
you you might want to hang out and get warm every now but, and then. But here's the thing. Here's what happens, Jeff. Here's what happens. You 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 get outside, you're cold. You know, mm-hmm. you get in your shack and you're warm. Yeah. Okay, you fish. And you're like, ah, it's kind of slow. We should go home. And someone's like, oh, we'll just go in for a couple hours. And so you go in and then everybody's sitting in, ho- in there. They're on the couch. <laughs> they get a beer or two in them. And they're like, ah, it's pretty cold out there. And the fish aren't biting. And then everybody starts thinking about it. And then everybody's, no. Mm-mm. Then nobody goes back out and you're just spinning circles in the cabin. Nope. Terrible idea. Stay out all day. So that's the power hour <laughs> walleye. So Jason says just fish all day. Fish all day. Quit being a wimp. No safe ice? Launch a kayak. That's what Dave Mole said from Midwest Outdoors. He's in Michigan. There's no ice. So he fished from his kayak instead. One of the caveats here is lots of safety gear and a dry suit. Yes. Yeah. Don't just go out there in your swimming trunks. <laughs> well, I mean, even just in, I mean, kayak people that kayak seriously and fish know how know how to do this but you know that water hits a little differently at 34 degrees than it does at 70 oh it's like stabbing knives <laughs> or that's what they said in titanic anyways did you just quote titanic yeah i did remember when yeah, they go into well, the water and it's cold yeah but that's he said they're like so strange he jack is from wisconsin remember and he said he falls in the lake and it's like knife stabbing you because it's so cold it's from Titanic. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Holy cow. It's a slow news day. <laughs> it is. All right, well, we talked a little bit about this, but, you know, ice is pretty tough this year, so there's people fishing in boats in, like, late December in Malax. So yeah. That's kind of tough. We're ready for our uh, our topic here no no i put gear a gear thing in here oh gosh oh i snuck it in on you look at so that our last episode and i can't believe nobody fact checked us check checked us on this if i can talk is we had said we were going to talk about christmas stuff and we never did so i thought i'd throw that in there oh. what'd you get for christmas anything fun for ice fishing jeff the only thing i got for ice fishing is i did get some lures some glow lures okay um, Keelan's Keelan's glow lures I think they were so we'll try those out a nice big pack of them for my it's always good to do the gift exchange when your brother-in-law gets it and he ice fishes also Uh (laughs) so I got that and that's pretty much it I mean that was that was it not you know some good lures I got a utility knife like a multi-tool knife to throw in the ice shack cool it's always good to have one of those you never know if you need a screwdriver or players or whatever Awesome. Yeah, those are the two things I got, which I'm hoping you have something more interesting. Well, I don't know if it's interesting, but did, I, I did got... Santa leave a live scope under the tree for you? No, no, <laughs> he did not. But I did get a hitch for my ice shack Ooh. so I can hook on things because of this new snow thing I got. Oh, yeah. Um, I was really happy to get a new headlamp because my other headlamp is in Africa. Um, <laughs> literally in Africa, not like figuratively. It's literally in Africa. So I borrowed <laughs> it to my kid who was there for on um, for the summer in Ghana, uh, working with Engineers Without Borders. It's a really cool thing. Anyway, he was there, and I'd give him my headlamp um, in case he needed it. And he ended up giving it to a kid there as oh. a gift. And I'm like, dude, that's my headlamp. He's like, oh. He probably needed it more than you did, Jay. Well, but... <laughs> 
that's my headlamp, right? <laughs> so, so I need a new headlamp. So I got a new headlamp. Um, one thing that I was pretty, I'm excited about these other two things. So I got a, so tell me about the headlamp. Like, is it big? Cause I got a headlamp last year and I'm pretty no. sure I can see the other side of a lax with it. It's super bright. No, this is a black diamond Cosmo 300, 350, okay. I think headlamp. Um, I've, I've had one before. I like them. They work really nice. I've got a couple of different settings on them and that's just a good solid headlamp. Um, I finally got, so I, I have a bubbler for my angle bait cooler. Yes. And the original one died like they all do. So then I bought a cheap one somewhere and it sounds like a diesel truck. <laughs> so when it runs, it's just like, dum, 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 cackle, dum, cackle, dum, cackle. Yeah. It's, it's really loud, but it works and it Does goes it take forever. Def? It 2d batteries. <laughs> about the, I think it's about the same price as a gallon of death. If you buy 2d batteries anymore. Um, and so, but I've been refusing to replace it, even though it's loud and obnoxious and drives me nuts because it still works. Sure. But I did put on my Christmas list and was a good boy and got a, um, angle rechargeable lithium ion Ooh. one. They're quieter too, right? That's what I've heard. So we'll find out. So I've, I, those have gotten really good reviews. Um, people have been pretty happy with them. So we'll see how that goes. And then this next item, I don't know if I'll ever, I I, I want to use it, I just, it. Some assembly required. Um, I got an ice hole power blow cup Ooh, to mount on nice. my flasher. So I'll have to figure that out. But yeah. I don't know. I was I good have, boy. You apparently weren't very good this year. I was not good. I have mixed feelings about the glow cup thing. I'm, I mean, it can't hurt, but I feel like does it really, has anybody done a study where like, does the glow cup make it glow longer? Does it matter if I hold it up to the window in my shack versus the glow cup? I don't know. Well, if you're a night fish, it's hard to hold it up to the window in your shack. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I You know, I think to me, it's the, um, you can have it on your flasher, which is in front of you. Yes. So you can reel up, dip it in the cup, right back down the hole. Okay. Yeah. So there's a ergonomics. Sure. Ergonomic. It's more ergonomic. Ergonomic. It's just easier. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, we'll find out. I'll let you know. So so I'm currently, it's almost complete. I got a little more work to do, but I'm building Ice Shuttle 2.0. I've... I've given up on making it light now. It's just got everything on it. So I, I'm putting a rod holder on it, but it's um cup holder, rod, couple rod holders. Yeah. So we'll talk yeah, about it scoop, not this episode. Spot for your scoop. Okay, cool. Oh, scoop. Yeah. What else yeah, do I need? Spot for your scoop. It's gonna be like caddy shack, you know. Have yeah, what a, is so what does Jeff need on his on his his uh caddy shuttle? Shuttle. So we need it. We got a rod holder, an ice scoop, glow cup. What am I missing? Air horn. <laughs> I just think of Rodney Dangerfield and his bag with a radio in it. Yeah, you need a radio, um, spot for your camera. You need a camera mount on there. You've yeah. seen those. They mount the camera on oh, there, yeah. too. So you got a little little yeah. thing. Um, hmm. Lots of stuff. GPS. GPS. It'll, it'll be like, I need a sled just for my, my for shuttle. shuttle. That might be too far. I'm not going that far. Pounds. Wheels. We need wheels now. Wheels. Remote control. Got too heavy. Little extendable handles. So think like a little cart. Drone. Gonna, yeah. Just flies through your hole. and puts Yeah, a drone. Drone landing pad. All right. All right. 
We'll talk about that one next time. I think we sounds good. We've gotten beat, too far. Beat that one into the ground. Yes. Yes. All right. So Jeff, why don't you introduce our topic? Yeah, we're really excited. We have Sean and Linda on from Dakota Sunset Resort. All right. Welcome back to the Hardwater Fishing Show. Today we have Sean Timmons and Linda Bennett, owners of Dakota Sunset Resort on beautiful Devil's Lake. Welcome, Sean and Linda. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy season. To, to spend some time chatting with us about the resort. Yeah, and it has been busy. It's been uh, kind of crazy the last few weeks. People are looking for ice. They are, and we've got it. So <laughs> we're there one you of go. You can go ice fishing, so that makes us really busy, which is wonderful. That is. That's good. Well, thank you, thank you again for joining us, and we're going to jump into a few questions here. So first question we want to talk about was, you know, how did Dakota Sunset Resort get started? We're actually originally from Wisconsin, and we started coming out to North Dakota many years ago uh, for the great hunting opportunities. And while we were doing that, we just kind of stumbled into how great the fishing is out there. Um, we started out, we, we weren't super avid fishermen 20 or 25 years ago, but um, the more we fished out there, the more we got excited about it and kept upgrading boats. And so now uh, we're just so um, excited about all of the outdoor opportunities in North Dakota. So we had this piece of property um, and it's one of the very few in the entire area that was zoned commercially. And we kind of started kicking around, well, what should we do? You know, um, and we came up with this idea to build these four cabins on this property and it's gone over really well. Um, so I guess this is where I can segue into saying that we have four three bedroom cabins that are brand new. They were just built um, in 2022, 23, excuse me, it's 24 now. <laughs> and then uh, we have another separate building that has a fish cleaning area. And uh, so it's, it's worked out real well. The nice thing too is those cabins, when I saw the pictures of them, they have like boat parking, right? It's like an overhang next to it. So you can put your boat there and charge it or your, I guess your four-wheeler if, if it's winter and uh, look pretty nice too. We do, you know, uh, in this day and age, people have got a lot of money invested in boats and other equipment and you don't like to have that stuff just sitting out in the elements. The other thing too, uh, there's... Nobody has a boat any longer that doesn't have a lot of electronics on it. So um, under that overhang next to the cabin, there's also a charging station. And then there's a washdown as well. So uh, it works out really nice for people coming out with their really nice boats and they can take good care of them there. So we're going to jump a little bit into some more ice fishing questions here. And it's more about how did you get started ice fishing? Yeah, so I've been ice fishing since I was a little kid. My uh, grandfather and father or fishermen on the Mississippi um, and the backwaters. And then of course on the Madison chain and Wisconsin. So I think I've been in ice fishing boots since I was probably four or five years old uh, and really have enjoyed it. Uh, it's just, I've never until the last 15, 20 years have never got into the quality of fishing that Devil's Lake and the surrounding area offers out there last year and for sure there's good fishing yeah and i had not done a ton of ice fishing um until i started uh 
ice fishing with Sean and I have just gotten so that uh, it's really hard to decide whether I'd rather ice fish or open water fish, but I sure do enjoy that ice fishing and um, we have an awful lot of fun uh, catching fish. So it's, it's been great. Well, I mean, if, if we had a vote on that, we would say ice fishing is obviously the better pastime. <laughs> well, I don't know. I like them both. So what can I say? There's, there's room enough for both things, right? Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favorite fish to target? And we can let each one of you answer this one if you want. And uh, what's your best advice for catching that particular fish? By far, my favorite is to target walleye. Um, I just, uh, I love the action. Uh, I love all the different challenges with them, um, whether it be spring, summer, fall, or winter. There's so many different ways to catch them and, and so many different things where they like to be, what structure they're on, um, figuring out the jigging techniques, figuring out the trolling techniques, all that for me. I, I love that technical stuff. So um, <clears throat> it's been, that's been my, by far my favorite fish. And as far as what I can tell you about fishing for them is if they're not there, move on and, and go find them. I think that's the biggest key for catching walleyes, especially out here. Is if they're not there, get up and move and, and go get on them and try them on a different spot. Sean, question for you on that. So when we were in a couple of places, a lot of places you go, there's like that magical hour, that hour before sun sunset, oftentimes is where they start just really hitting. So I often talk about this with Jeff. I'm like, they're eating somewhere. You just have to go look for them. He's like... No, Jason, just sit there and wait. They'll come back eventually at the end of the day. And I'm like, but what do you do in the meantime? You might as well go look for them. So you keep looking for them throughout the day and then hit your hot spot at night? Or what do you do? I do. Um, we were just on uh, one of the feeder lakes um, this past week. Um, you know, everybody was leaving at 30, 10 o'clock. The morning bite was over and we made two moves. And I can tell you from probably 11 until three o'clock in the afternoon was lights out. We just got on them where they wanted to be and it was lights out. And actually, I think we had a better midday bite than we did going back to our favorite spot in the evening again. So did you change depth significantly? Those feeder lakes, some of them are really shallow, so I don't know. Or was just more location? It was just location, um, getting on some different structure, you know, and, and where they were where they were hanging in that middle of the day type stuff. And, you know, those fish were crazy active. Uh, you could drop down and as you were dropping down watching the panoptics, you could see fish racing up in, wow. you know, middle of the day, noon to grab your bait. So they were definitely still feeding in the middle of the day. Wonderful. See, Jeff, I told you. <laughs> Every lake is different, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> We've been to that lake. Yeah, We've we have been, been to that lake. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. And we're going back. Yeah, so this we is are. good information. Yes. <laughs> How about for you, Linda? I have to agree that I really, really like catching walleye. It's, I like catching perch as well. It's, it's really fun when you can get on a hot bite of perch because it's just constant. And the perch in that area are not small. I'm not going to say yeah. you never catch a little one, but most of them are really sizable. And some of them feel like a big fish when you're bringing them up. But I still, I agree. I really like uh, fishing walleyes. And as far as my advice, well, I guess for me, it's just uh, follow Sean around. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows how to find fish. 
I mean, it's not like if I came to a lake uh, that I had never fished before or an area of Devil's Lake where I had never fished, like I wouldn't be able to figure out, okay, this looks pretty good to me. The structure looks good. But Sean is kind of like my guide and I'll take that. It works out great for me. Yeah, it's hard to replace a, somebody that really knows the water. You can read a map, but to know where they are definitely helps to have somebody that knows the lake. Exactly. Well, Devil's Lake, where your resort is, I mean, has some of the best perch, perch fishing in the Midwest as far as that goes. I mean, you guys are in the hotbed of that. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, they, the, the, the perch bite can be really great and it can be really horrible and they're finicky fish. They're... Um, so yeah, it is the hotbed, but don't, uh, I guess, get into that false sense that they're easy all the time, right. um, yeah. because that's more often than not the case that they're fin- being finicky. But, uh, you know, we just had a group from Wisconsin that came in, um, oh, it was, uh, just before Christmas and, uh, they pulled out, uh, they pulled out a few perch and they got a 16 inch perch, Oof. uh, wow. 15 inch perch in a 14 or 13 sorry inch perch so yeah there's definitely some big perch up now we've also seen some really big northerns come out of devil's lake in your area this this year already on open water um any big ones yet for hard water i have not um none of our clients have gotten anything really over 34 inches yet this year uh doesn't mean it ain't gonna happen but you know there's not a lot of our clients that target the the pike which um if you're bringing a family or kids it's a great action-packed uh way to fish to keep the kids entertained or um you know and that's so i think it's a really underutilized uh, uh, a bite that that people don't get on and you know there are definitely some some numbers and quality and size of pike in devil mm-hmm. definitely so we've talked a little bit about um your favorite fish and catch them, but is there anything unique that you found fishing Devil's Lake is different than other lakes you've fished in the past? You know, not really, other than I think you need to be in that mindset of being mobile. And and I don't want to discredit, you know, we do offer the fish houses uh, yep. for rentals for the day, uh, you know, and that, but really if you're, what I explain to everybody is this, if you're coming to Devil's Lake as your destination spot for the year, put your odds in your best favor and that is being mobile. If you have all your equipment and your own gear, um, you can get around, especially this year, we don't have any snow. You can get around, be mobile and get around and hit those spots. That's the most thing, the most advice I can give, the best advice I can give to people is that, you know, be mobile. But just because there's fish in one spot today, they might not be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I've, I, that's one thing I've really noticed with Devil's Lake is even the walleyes move. You know, we might be on the Golden Highway today catching walleyes left and right, and we go back there tomorrow, and you can't mark a fish in the same spot. Uh, if the feed moves, the shrimp move out, the fish aren't going to be there. That's kind of what I would tell people is, is, is that uh, as far as the uniqueness of it is that they don't always hold to that same piece of structure day after day after day after day. Do you have a particular lure or setup for ice fish and you're like, this is what I start with or we laugh about this a lot. Uh, um, we have thousands of bait as most ice fishermen and, and fishermen in general do. Yep. And you always have that, that, that one or two, you always fall back on. And, and for me, it's uh, a UV pink buckshot okay. uh, it's by far my favorite confidence bait. I'm not sure what Linda's would be, but, uh, that's definitely mine. Well, I tend to, uh, gravitate towards that pink as well. Not so much on devils, but on some of the smaller feeder lakes, sometimes I do really well on red. 
but yeah, we both like using those buckshot. But is yeah. Devil's Lake a you know, clear, clear lake? Is it clear? Like the water's pretty clear. It depends on the on what happens at freeze up. Uh, earlier mm-hmm. this year, we had really cloudy conditions. You were only seeing maybe eight to 10 inches of visibility because we had 50 mile an hour winds as the lake was freezing up. So it turned everything over. Now, uh, as of yesterday, we probably had two foot of visibility. Uh, So it's improving and it'll improve over the winter. It, It just really depends on at the start of freeze up, how turned up is that lake? As you probably can figure out in North Dakota, we always have wind. Always. (laughs) Well, and the the reason I was asking you about the clarity is like I fix Malax a fair amount and it's super clear and the color changes are different if it's like some of my favorite colors are different on a stained or a dark lake versus a really clear lake. So maybe depending on the year, the colors would change. Oh, definitely. You know, we um, we have days when you can't catch anything on that UV pink or or anything on red and all of a sudden out of the you pull a blue bait or a purple bait out and you start hammering fish or you know uh, perch color is generally good up here because they do feed a lot on the perch you know so there's there's definitely other colors we fall back on wonder bread can be lights out mm-hmm. my neighbor out here my neighbor out here actually uh that's his like go-to bait and i just happened to be at the Minneapolis um, show and they had uh, the ice show and they had Wonder Bread sweatshirts. I had to buy him one. I, I <laughs> got him his uh, Wonder Bread sweatshirts because uh, that's all he fishes with me is Wonder Bread. You were talking about what's unique about fishing Devil's Lake. And one of the things that just makes that I don't know of any other place that's like this, there is so much underwater structure. And the fact that it's just this big flooded area means that you can have almost everything but the kitchen sink down below you. Tons of flooded timber. There's uh, buildings that have been flooded, flooded roadbeds, old stock ponds uh, that were there, you know, in pastures. And it's just, it's kind of crazy um, all the different uh, things that are underneath the surface there. And it makes it so much different than fishing, I guess I'm going to make air quotes and say a regular lake. <laughs> and it really is. And some of these, it can you can really use some of that stuff to your advantage, um, especially those flooded roadbeds. Those things uh, just seem to be just dynamite um, almost all the time. Um, and the other thing too, you know, a lot of times people will call and they want to come out to the resort and they're they're worried because Devil's Lake is so vast. And it is. It's huge. It's, what is it, Sean? 360 square um, But And they don't know where to start. And I tell them, you know, just pick an area. And we're located on the northwest side of the lake. And there's actually some excellent structure there. But, you know, just kind of drill it down a little bit and pick a smaller area. Get your lake map out and say, oh, man, this looks like you know, maybe like a submerged island or, okay, here's this roadbed and here's this other uh, piece of structure. I'm going to try those three places first, you know, and instead mm-hmm. of just saying, oh my gosh, it's just so huge. Where do I yeah. start? Just, just break it down. And all of a sudden it doesn't look so intimidating. That's really good advice. My head kind of explodes when I look at big lakes. I'm like, look at all these places I could go. And then you're always, prog- I'm always programmed to let, you just want to go to the other side of the lake from wherever you're at. <laughs> Because that's got to be where the best fishing is. And you get to a big lake or sometimes I just spin in circles on the Mississippi River because how do you, you know, go to New Orleans? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I always joke, people come from the, their side of the lake, they come to your side of the lake, and then you go to their side of the lake to catch fish over there. It's everybody's always crossing in the middle. Yep. Which is hard to do on a lake the size of Devils. Yeah. Need a lot of gas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some lakes and have cycles, and it sounds like things are looking pretty good this year on Devils Lake, but we got to talk a little bit about that. How How is the fishing there this year? The fishing's been really good. Uh you know, it kind of died here the last couple of days just because we had those cold fronts come through. Now we're looking at some more stable weather again for the next uh, week, which is, is great news. The fishing should really pick up again. But as far as the cycles goes, you know, the pike is actually down a little bit this year. Uh, but the, the walleye and perch are at their peak. Uh, earlier this year, they were calling it the epic summer uh, for the walleyes. They had never seen such a strong, uh, you know, base of, of age class of, of fish. And if you follow the uh, National Walleye Tournament, you know, if you saw their, their winning bags, their those fish were giant fish coming out of there. And uh, it's the largest uh, or heaviest, I should say, uh, weight class that they've ever had at a NWT tournament. So the fishing is just incredible this year. It's been lights out. And, you know, so far our summer was phenomenal. All of our guides did very well all summer. We did well all summer. All of our clients that fished on their own did very well. And this early season ice was, you know, very good. The only thing that we had issues with so far this year is we've had a lot more heaves this year than in years past. And uh, so you just have to be a little bit more cautious where you're going and, and how to get to your areas you want to get to. But the fish are there. There's no doubt about it. The fish are there. Sean, are people, uh, do they plow roads and stuff out there on Devils? So Woodland Resort will plow roads and the casino plows roads. And that's about the only ones that plow anything out there. And, okay. and I know. I know Woodland does charge a fee for access. Uh, the casino doesn't. I think the casino just hopes you're going to come up and spend a little money uh, when you're done fishing, so they keep it open for you there. But now you guys have lake access from your resort, correct? We you can drive right off of the West Bay Landing right there in the winter uh, and get you know you can get out to Bluebill and Windmill and over to you know some of the flats and stuff like that per. You know, as long as those heaves aren't getting in your way. And we have Pelican Lake Landing directly across the street from our resort. Okay. And that's that's one of those feeder lakes that you were talking about? Correct. Awesome. Well, sounds like we need to get out there and get fishing, Jay. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. Even you might be able to catch fish there. Oh, (laughs) you had to go there. You had to go there. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. There's a reason we have a a hashtag, Outfish Jeff. Yeah. You made that up. I, it's fact. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, what do you what do you see as what's next for you uh, with the resort? We're just trying to build on what we've got started here. Uh, the main thing is to get people to know that we're even there. It seems as though everyone that has come out to the resort has just been super happy with the accommodations. Um, of course, everything's brand new and um, it's very spacious. But uh, everybody has had such a good time. To that end, we've had an awful lot of people that have been out. Uh, we've got a couple of guys that have been out three times in the last year already, just because oh, they've wow. had such a great 
Yeah, and the fishing has been so great. Um, so one guy um, is in the Madison, Wisconsin area, and he's been out. He was out three times last summer. But you know, just to continue to build clientele and get our name out there, and at some point. Um, we have enough acreage where we could add cabins. Um, we just haven't decided that that's a direction we want to go yet, but it's, you know, something that's kind of just sitting back there in the back of our minds. Um, if this goes over really well and we start filling up consistently, um, we have room. We could put up four more cabins. So where where can our listeners find more information about some Dakota Sunset Resort? Sure. Um, first of all, I should say that um again that we're on the northwest side of the lake we're actually in the west bay complex i guess you would call it um you can find us on our website which is www.dakotasunsetresort.com and then sean um, will always answer the phone at 701-381-6087 we're also on facebook at dakota sunset resort wonderful oh thank you Luckily, we have that Google thing now. If you just put that in, I'm sure you guys are going to come up towards the top of the re- the results. So, all right, now comes the hard part, the, the thing that that uh, maybe the hardest part of the interview. I don't know, maybe not, but uh, we always end with the ice fishing legend or story. So, I I think we've talked about this a little bit. So, hopefully, you guys have one to share with our listeners. Mine's kind of a funny story. Uh, where my father lived, uh, there's a old pond that's only like maybe two acres. And it's just down the road from him. And uh, we always were joking around, we're going to go ice fish it. And so as a joke, I literally in the middle of winter went out, drilled a hole and dropped down just, just so my dad could see me fishing from right by his house and laugh at me, basically. Well, lo and behold, I started catching perch left and right. We had no idea there was any fish in this pond at all. And uh, I caught like 13 or 14 perch between like 10 and 13 inches in a matter of probably 25 minutes. So uh, kind of a a funny story that, uh, you know, I I went to probably a prank on my father and it turned out to be a great little fishing hole on two acres. So that's uh, that's my... uh, yeah, that's my little uh, funny story, but I'll let Linda talk about hers. So there have been a lot of times where we've been out fishing. The fishing's been so great. And then uh, we had to get back to Wisconsin and we had to leave the next day. And Sean would always be, oh, you know, maybe we can come out for a couple hours tomorrow morning before we leave. And it's like, okay. We had been fishing early ice on one of the smaller lakes and just been killing the perch and walleyes. And there was only about, I think there was only about three or four inches of ice, but we were just walking out. We weren't far from shore and nobody wanted to come out there. People would come, they'd holler out and say, hey, how much ice you got out there? And we'd say, oh, you know, four inches. And they'd say, oh, see you later. But there was this one old guy that was out there every day when we were there and he'd pull up in an old blazer and he had an ancient dog that um, could only walk on three legs that would, he wouldn't come out on the ice, but he'd hang by the the truck. And so we'd see him out there every day. Well, we ended up fishing right next to him um, the last day because we had decided at my suggestion this time, hey, let's just go fish for a couple hours in the morning. So we went out there and this old guy came out and he sat up right next to us and he all he had to fish with was just a dead stick set up and we were catching perch and walleyes probably on our buckshots and he finally looked over and he says what are you, what are you using over there and he said what are you putting on that hook and so i said well we got these wax worms he was really he was just using a minnow and and i said well sure try some of them well all he had was a bare hook so we ended up giving him a couple little uh, lures and got him all set up 
and um, we had to get out of there, but he started catching fish. And uh, of course, the best thing that happened right before we left, because Linda does not always catch the most fish. She rarely keeps up, <laughs> but almost always catches the biggest fish. Mm. And as we were getting ready to go that day, I hooked into something. I said, Sean, this is a big fish. This is a really big fish. And he comes over. I said, you better come over and help me. Well, I pulled out a 28 and a half inch walleye. Wow. So, yeah, it was really exciting. And um, I didn't even get very good pictures of it because I wanted so badly to get her back in the water before she was out too long. But that was that was probably the most epic day of ice fishing, even though it wasn't anything spectacular, it was just an awesome day. That's that's a really cool story. And a 28-inch walleye is an epic day, in my yeah. opinion. That's yeah. a really nice fish. Yes. So especially yeah. on a last kind of a last chance scenario, you know, that that makes it really sweet. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was a really fun morning. Well, we really want to thank you guys, uh Sean and Linda, for being on the show today. I'm talking about the Dakota Sunset Resort over there on Devils. We're looking forward to to getting out there ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one thing that that really came through for me during when talking to you guys is how much you both just love and get fishing. And and so that's surely a benefit to any guests that you guys have stay with you. So thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Well, we really want to thank Sean and Linda um, from Dakota Sunset Resort for coming on. And uh, we really appreciate their spending some time with us. And we look forward to getting to the resort to spend some time. So, Jeff, I think that's about it for tonight, isn't it? It People is. Or like, thankfully, they're out of material. <laughs> we talked about Teslas and beer and some and ice along, fishing. As normal. It's been, yes. but we had some good, there's some factoids sprinkling there in is. there. It's been a long and rambling show as usual. We appreciate all of our listeners and tight lines. Cheers. Five. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.